A type of free software known as open source software has become quite popular, starting with the creation of the Linux kernel in the 90s and Linux-based operating systems, and now in all types of software, from web browsing to recording to gaming, open source software has taken a good part of the market share. But what is open source software? Today, we discuss that on Joey's Totally Tech. Okay, okay, okay. So I initially planned on doing a program on both Linux and open source software, but I've since decided that's going to be a lot to cover for one episode. So in this one, I'm just going to talk about open source software. Next week is our question, answer, and comments episode, which, by the way, no one has yet to participate in. So if no one ends up participating in that, I'll be talking about Linux next week as a backup episode plan. So what is open source software? You probably know what free software is, right? It's software that's legally available for free. Well, open source software is a particular type of free software. A straight up free to download and use program is often considered free as in beer. An open source program is considered free as its speech. So, let's explain. Programs are written in programming languages, often languages such as C or C++, but there are many others, Python, Lua, Basic, and more. As a web developer, I have my own set of languages that I use, like PHP and JavaScript. The latter is now being used in desktop software as well as mobile applications. Don't let the names of those languages overwhelm you. Each of them is a human readable language. Literally, the programming languages has bits and pieces of the English language, such as the word print or echo, and if, then, else, and so on. And then, this code that's written in the programming language is either interpreted or compiled. An interpreter doesn't create the machine code, rather, it just interprets it to machine language at that time, and the computer processes it line by line. A compiler, however, compiles all the lines into a machine-readable program. Either way, those are programming languages. And in proprietary commercial software, you don't get to see any of this code that your software is written in. You can't really modify it and recompile. You're stuck with whatever you've purchased, and these days, whatever updates become available. Open source software, on the other hand, makes source code available to the end user should they want to look at it. 
Many popular software titles are open source, such as the Firefox web browser and Chromium web browser. Note I didn't mention Chrome, as Chrome is a closed source browser, but it is based on the open source Chromium browser. Android is also open source, and on top of that, it runs a modified Linux kernel, though it's very different from other Linux-based operating systems. And Linux-based operating systems are pretty much what has made open source software popular in the first place. So, is open source software protected by copyright law? Essentially, yes, it is. It's not public domain per se, but it is copyrighted. You have various copyright licenses, the most popular ones being the GNU GPL licenses, which were originally written by Richard Stallman, the former head of the Free Software Foundation, for his GNU project, or NU. NU, by the way, stands for GNU's Not Unix. It's a recursive acronym, and it's a Unix-like operating system with the GNU herd kernel. But Linux-based systems have since taken over. That's a story for the next episode. The GPL part of the GNU GPL is General Public License. There are three versions of the GNU GPL, the second and third versions being the most popular. These licenses essentially say you're allowed to sell or freely distribute this software as long as you make the source code available. That's right, I did say it could be sold. Even though the software is available for free, some opt to create their own distributions and sell it. They may make changes to the code, of course. Sometimes someone will sell their software without much as far as changes, and it's kind of looked down upon by the open source community. But other times, sometimes what is being sold is actually support and documentation, as Red Hat has been known to do with their Linux distribution. Other licenses may be used for open source software, but then make it possible for you to modify it and sell it without distributing the source code. Companies and organizations that are considering open sourcing code have to carefully consider different licenses or write their own. They have to decide what best fits their company and the goals they have. They could choose a BSD license, NCSA open source license, copyleft license, or any other various licenses. How is open source software monetized? As you can see, it's kind of difficult for a free program to just make money. Many open source developers ask for small donations, but this of course isn't required. As mentioned, Red Hat sells documentation and support for its Linux distribution. They also include some software with their distribution that is not open source. Some might strike deals with hardware manufacturers to include the software, even though it is free software. Some do a software as a service model. While you have the software available for free, 
the company may offer things like storage, backups, themes, etc. WordPress is an example of software that also has a software as a service model known as OpenSAS. They have a free version which you can download from WordPress.org and install and host on your own web server. But then they have WordPress.com which hosts your application for you and offers extra paid services. Other products such as ShareTribe also use the OpenSAS model. And then there's paid certification. Magento and Red Hat, for example, offer certification on their products. Linux certifications are a big deal in particular because Linux systems are on many servers and in many data centers around the world. Jobs are in high demand for people to administer those systems. Hey everyone, it's Joey, and I'm recording this for my iPhone 6S. Have you heard about the Anchor app yet? If not, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I'm recording from my phone right now. I normally use my professional microphone at home to record, but hey, I'm showing that you can do this on the phone too. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app in the Apple App Store or Android's Google Play Store today to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. For a computer geek like me, open source software sounds wonderful, but to the average person who may not be so technically inclined, they may not see the benefit in open source software immediately, beyond the fact that it's free software. So let's talk about the benefits for the average user. Let's say there's a bug in the software or a security problem. Chances are there's already someone working on that and working on getting a fix to the problem. It's easily applied, uploaded to the servers, and then you download it. It doesn't even necessarily need to be anyone working for the company fixing the code, but a hobbyist programmer who just wants to see this working right. They'll push the changes upstream and then it gets approved. Contrast this with proprietary companies like Microsoft. The code in Windows is not open. They have a bug or security flaw. You may or may not know about it and it could take some time for it to be updated. You're at the mercy of the company. Granted, Microsoft has embraced open source software more in recent years for some of its products. 
Of course, one could argue the opposite, that open source software is less secure because hackers see the source code and find security holes. And they have a point, but oftentimes when there are holes, they are easily patched, and steps can be taken to secure any software that you install. WordPress, for example, has a number of things you could do to secure the content management system and make it harder to be hacked. The regular updates and proper fortification of your system pretty much negate any security issues you might have with open source software. So what are some open source programs for you to try if you're not familiar with open source software? Well, we've already mentioned the Firefox and Chromium web browsers, and some of these you may already be using. For audio recording, there's Audacity. For music production, there's LMMS, or Linux Multimedia System, which by the way, there's a Windows port too. You don't have to use Linux for that. And there's Ardor as well. For an Office suite, there's both OpenOffice and LibreOffice. If you're using desktop email clients still, Thunderbird is a popular open source email client. For web graphics, GIMP is a great program for raster graphics or pixel-based graphics. And it's a great alternative to Photoshop, while Inkscape does vector-based graphics such as logos and is a great alternative to Illustrator. Vector graphics are math and geometry based graphics rather than pixel based. We still need to cover Linux based distributions as that is a major part of open source software, but the previously mentioned programs are great open source programs that you can use even on Windows or Mac computers. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are many other open source projects on sites like SourceForge, GitHub, and GitLab. Some are ready for you to use with binaries available. Others may be in alpha or beta and maybe not ready for regular use, so keep that in mind. So now that you know what open source software is, why don't you give some of the software previously mentioned a try? Or was there anything I mentioned that you didn't know was open source? It's entirely possible. So I'm still waiting for your thoughts on previous topics covered by this podcast so far, as well as any tech questions you'd like me to consider. The plan for that episode next week is to take your feedback as well as to answer questions either through the Anchor app voice message system or on the Joey's Totally Tech Facebook page. So please, let's hear from you one way or the other. Alternatively, if I can't get either of those from you, the listener, I will be moving ahead with talking about Linux-based operating systems next week. I'm extending the deadline on your thoughts and questions until April 1st, so please make sure it's in by then, or I will be moving ahead with my backup plan.
GameStop is closed. No, wait, staying open during the COVID-19 pandemic again? AMD was hacked. NVIDIA GeForce Now has secured the sci-fi action title Control, and Google makes a pledge to help fight the COVID-19 pandemic. This is the news on Joey's Totally Tech. Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well and staying safe during this COVID-19 pandemic. And during this time, unless you have to go out and get some food or medicine, or you're working an essential job like I do in retail, please stay home. We have to make sure this virus doesn't get any more out of control than it already is and work together to keep our healthcare system from getting overwhelmed. And at this point, it is overwhelmed. Let's not make things worse. Sit back, listen to the podcast, and find things to do around your home. GameStop is staying open after announcing it would close stores temporarily and tells employees to wrap their hands in plastic bags. Last weekend, GameStop had said it would change its policy and close stores down. I even did a last-minute edit to mention this in my news last weekend. But since then, they've decided to keep stores open, even as some states and counties have issued stay-at-home orders due to COVID-19. Thanks for wasting my time to create that edit, GameStop. Anyway, the retailer has told its employees to wrap their hands in plastic bags to protect from the coronavirus a move which might not be effective considering the fact that it can last for 72 hours on plastic. GameStop has also announced it will close 320 stores as part of its de-desensification plan in 2020. AMD has been hacked. AMD had a security breach back in December in which it was originally believed that the hackers had stolen the code for either the new Big Navi GPUs or Xbox Series X GPUs. It turns out it was just Verilog files that were stolen, or information on how to implement a specific GPU function. It's not clear that the Verilog files could even be useful to a third party. NVIDIA GeForce Now secures the sci-fi action title Control. After losing big publishers like Activision, Bethesda, and 2K Games, the cloud gaming service has now added control from Remedy Entertainment to its library. The game is available in the Epic Games Store. Google pledges to donate $800 million and 3 million face masks to help fight the COVID-19 pandemic. A face mask will go to the CDC Foundation, Sunday Pachai, Google CEO, has said that they are working with Magad Glove and Safety to ramp up production of the mask in the coming weeks. Google will also be donating cash to help support small to medium-sized businesses, health organizations, and academic institutions. $250 million will go to help the World Health Organization and other government agencies fighting COVID-19. 340 million 
will go to ads for small and medium-sized businesses that have had active accounts for over the past year. The credits can be used at any point until the end of the year. And that was the news. Thank you for listening to Joey's Totally Tech. Stay safe out there, and I will catch you next time.